Welcome, tis the season. Oh yes, tis the season, the holiday season, and what a better time than now to discuss your favorite Christmas-themed television episodes and or specials. I feel like I fulfilled my legal obligations. I am Jim Scampoli. What a better time indeed. I am Jacob Burrows. Welcome to our Christmas holiday special. Uh, where we talk about our specials, uh, episodes that have got a place in our hearts, our top five list of best TV episodes. I guess the line is kind of blurry because I'm sure there's some on your list that are kind of like not quite a TV show. I have one that's like, well, it's a, it's definitely a special, but is it part of a TV show? It's yeah. part of a series. Um, and I wasn't quite sure where to draw the line, but uh, I got five goodens, and I, I hope you have the same. Well, yes, yes. I mean, I feel like, let me look at my list real quick. I, for the most part, outside of one, they're all part of a series. Now, I, I guess I, what? I'm pretty, we might have the same one. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, because I, I didn't want to fall into that trap, even though I could probably easily just do this and it would be all one-off TV specials. But I guess, to me, those would still count because it's not like they played in a theater at first. They were TV so it True. still counts, right? It's still a TV special. Yeah, it shows what I know. Um, yeah. I, I, I do have a confession to make. I do have two lists. And the first is the oh. official one. And the second one could reasonably be called the uh, honorable mentions list. But I have chosen to call it the shadow dimension list. Um, because in a different world, uh, those would be on my list. A world where I did not follow my heart, where I put in what I thought should be on the list. That is my shadow dimension list. Um, you're, you're one of those guys that's like, okay, let's see, top five movies. All right, number three, The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, let's see, uh, number two, uh, The Matrix trilogy. Um, well, Jim, I want to be clear. I am not of the shadow dimension. I am merely a vessel to that place, and I can only bring you information. I'm not from there. Uh, do I have a mustache? No, I do not. Um, uh, so basically, uh, my my main list is my only list, and there's not a trilogy amongst them. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, shit. Actually, that's a lie. Never mind. <laughs> oh, no. There are definitely... Uh, uh, there are so many... It's weird because there are so many options, but then there are so many obvious ones. And I guess if I'm being true, I, there may have been one or two that I was like, this is too obvious, so I'm going to pick something different. Mm. Because I'm not just going to be like, Rudolph, Frosty, uh, throw them all on there. Throw all the Rankin-Bass classics uh, in my top five. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you having your honorable mentions because there's there's a lot of good Christmas cheer out there as far as television is concerned. There's also an important thing where we are from different cultural backgrounds and all yeah. those things that you mentioned are things I've seen referenced on The Simpsons. I've seen them on the fucking every TV show ever that I've seen, but I haven't actually seen those specials because they don't show them here. So... Christmas, uh, I mean, it's a bit when we talked about Halloween specials too, but Christmas, more than anything, is a holiday about nostalgia, where you want everything to be the same as it always has been. You take in, like, let's do the, like, let's establish this and have it come over and over and over, and it's going to be great. And I have, like, I'm sure I would have loved a lot of those, but they can't be on my list, even if they're, even if I viewed them now and they were, like, objectively really good. I can't shove all that stuff on my list because I don't have a connection to it. So it's a very personal list for both of us, I'm sure. Yes. And then what, what, um, what about, 
there's kind of like some categories. There are some there are some episodes or what have you that it's not necessarily about Christmas, but the setting is Christmas, so it kind of works. Yeah, Although, I mean, those are th I feel I felt like those are definitely allowed on our list, but they are kind of for me. I want a good Christmas episode that is I agree. that touches on it. So I haven't got any of those on my list that because there were some I watched like this is a good episode, but. Like and it's Christmas, but it doesn't give me the warm tingles. So yeah. Well, I have one on my list that could. It's still pretty Christmassy, but it's not necessarily you know, the miracle or spirit of Christmas. You know, like maybe we should maybe we could talk about a couple of uh, maybe honorable mentions. Uh, I I want to bring up one. But isn't it's, it a spoiler if we know it's not on your list? Like, um, if you say it now. Mm, kind of, but I feel like I feel like it's better to do that before getting to your number one. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. And, and not like we're gonna do a whole top five, but I maybe want to bring up. Maybe I just want to bring up this one, mm -hmm. uh, the Veronica Mars Logan family Eccles uh, Eccles family Christmas episode, because uh, I was kind of skimming through like just to uh, you know jar my memory on some of the Christmas episodes in the past. And this was on quite a few lists and I rewatched it and man, did it remind me how good Veronica Mars is as a show. It's yeah. such a good show. Uh, but it's, it's, it's setting as Christmas, but it's not really much, much, uh, above that as far as Christmas is concerned. Like it, it entails like a poker game and you know veronica of course being the genius that she is figuring out who stole the money and then it deals with uh logan's family throwing a big christmas party and his dad is uh dealing with a stalker and it's great because then of course we got veronica's dad and veronica kind of in the same locations uh, uh with their cases kind of overlapping a bit i don't know if people out there have not seen veronica mars but much like when we were talking about Freaks and Geeks for our Halloween um, top five, it really got me to want to rewatch that show again uh, because it's dealing with class issues. It's dealing with, you know, racism. Wow, what a great show. And even as a strong female protagonist. What season is that Christmas episode in? I believe that's season one. Okay, cool. I do not remember it, but I have seen it. Um, so I, I'm sure it was great. Wait, have um, you only seen season one of Veronica Mars? I've seen 1.5 seasons, approximately, Veronica oh Mars. God. You're very, you're a fucking bad television critic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there are millions of people who would agree with you, or at least uh, dozens. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I watched it late. I don't want to, I, we don't need to get into all Veronica Mars, but I like it. But I, 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 I was like binging through it at one point, And then I watched like a season and a half, almost all in one go. And then mm -hmm. I stopped. So it wasn't because I disliked it. It was just the momentum of my binge had carried me so far and it could carry me no further at that point. Understandable. I feel like once we go back and do our, uh, Mars men, uh, <laughs> podcast when we rewatch Veronica Mars you're going to realize the greatness that you're missing yeah I'll uh, final note before we get into an actual list is I don't know what a if you realize what a conundrum you set me when you do when we do these top lists because you were like yeah I got three in the bag that I know for sure I just gotta top off the old list and whatnot and meanwhile this has been my week 
Uh, my friends and family ex may expect no Christmas presents because I've been too busy analyzing and evaluating holiday cheer without actually experiencing it in my heart. I do this for you, Jim, and for you, dear listeners, so I hope you appreciate it. Uh, I, I have become a, a husk of uh, Christmas cheer, and I'm sure I will regret these choices later and say, no, I wish that was on the list. I wish that. I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm that sort of person. I have problems with lists. I can't just say, oh, it was a good one. I have to, like, no, but is it the best one? I need to watch five, uh, five more seasons of this yeah well and but to your point i did spend way longer than i expected because i yeah i was just watching things peeking through other things and it it took a bit longer than i uh, than i anticipated uh to get this list together so okay good yeah, we we put in this hard work for you the listener perfect well shall we get into uh something then I'm, we have a bunch okay. of things do you want to start with yours or mine you get to pick uh, I wish I could remember who started last time. I it guess was, uh, I started last time. Okay, then I'll start this time. No, shit. Other way around. I thought about this earlier. You should play mine first. <laughs> okay, play yours first. Yeah. All right. Let me now. We, we're doing. We, we're doing more. Uh, more of an effort, so it's like a surprise. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what he has here. So I do have to pull up his clip, and it'll be a surprise for me as well. Uh, one second here. Please bear with me. All right, here we go. Uh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> and here it comes. Every year we're doomed. Thanks be I had these bulletproof shutters installed. Santa, that bloodthirsty cadaver junkie can't touch us as long as we're not stupid enough to leave this building. Yeah! Uh -huh. In a related matter, you'll be delivering this sack of children's letters directly to Santa at his death fortress on Neptune. Yes, my number five is indeed Futurama Season 4, Episode 2, A Tale of Two Santas. Now, Jim, I know you're not a Futurama head, correct? No, I love Futurama. Oh, well, I guess I didn't know then. This is, uh, this is <laughs> Although, the... I guess I fell off whenever they came back mm -hmm. and they did those movies. And then I, I, I saw that they did seasons as recent as like 2013. I've never seen any of those. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I haven't watched it in so long. It's weird how I keep thinking of Futurama as like, well, there was The Simpsons for, I guess, like 20 years, and then Futurama came along, when actually Futurama started in 99, and I was watching it when I was like 10 years old. Um, so I actually, like, these, I watched several Christmas specials from them and realized... Oh, this is actually like in the back of my brain. This is like in this is the same part. Like I watched this as I was discovering what Pokemon was. I was also watching Futurama, so it is ingrained. They they call it Xmas in the show uh, yeah. because it's the future. And I I mean I I just thought that was how you said it in English because this is what where I get my information from from TV shows. So I thought Xmas was a thing that was said ever, and it's not, I suppose, right? Well, the thing is, I. I guess in my due diligence, I did not watch this. This is the second, well, or maybe it's not more than the second, but it's the second Xmas special for Futurama. I did watch the first one where they kind of introduce Xmas. Yeah, me too. Um, but then, like, I kind of had my list together. So by then, when I was kind of double checking, I was like, eh, I did. So I didn't rewatch this one. 
Uh, so maybe that's my bad. The first one I almost had, it was so close to being in my top five, but it did not make it, but it, oh. it made me laugh a lot rewatching it. There's a lot of great moments. Yeah, it's nice. But, uh, when I watched the first one, I was kind of like, oh, is this what it was? And, and then when I watched this, I was like, no, this is the part of Futurama. I remember more. I think yep. this is the episode I had on VHS. Like as I recorded everything on VHS tapes and I watched this one over and over and season two was so early that I hadn't been doing that. And I also liked this one better than the season two one that introduces it because and also because it is more Christmas related, even though I mean, for those who don't know, this is in the future where they programmed a robotic Santa to fix the Santa issue and give presents, but they did it wrong, and he judges everyone as naughty and goes murdering. Are, yeah, he murders everyone. Too high, so yeah, his standards <laughs> were programmed too high. Um, so everyone's naughty. I do have to give a quick shout out for people that have seen the first Xmas special. There's a dumb scene in it that made me laugh, uh, where Hermes is going bobsledding, and it's just an obvious dumb takeoff. Cool runnings. Yes, and then, uh, but then when he goes to go, he just. <laughs> It's like a hover bobsled, and he just tips upside down, and then Zoidberg just pushes him down the down the hill or whatever. Then they all fall down the hill. It's great stuff. Yeah, he tips That's upside a, down like slowly as well, which I liked on the I hover wait, bobsled. Till we do our Futurama fellas podcast and <laughs> yeah. rewatch Futurama. <laughs> we realized. I mean, we need we we are, we are upping our branding. It can't all be shows, which you know, we, as long as we can make some sort of pun or just get men in there, we're we're down to do a whole podcast on it. Uh, but yeah, in this Christmas episode, they go to Neptune, the home of Santa, and meet the Neptunians who are like Willy Wonka's uh, Oompa Loompas, except they're, it turns out, no, they're just small because we're malnourished and, you know, we we beaten up by, by Santa. Uh, and then they neutralize Santa and they make Bender the new robot Santa. But then they, 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 they torture the... It's so weird because they, they like whip and torture the elves, quote unquote, into making toys for everyone and then go to try to hand them out. But they're not like these characters aren't good people, I realize watching this. Um, they're not. And, and, and then what, what happens is Bender eventually gets arrested and there's this whole court sequence. They have to go get the real Santa back. And uh, I don't know. It, 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 I mean, similar to Veronica Mars, it just made me want to watch this stuff over again and it has actually got the christmas spirit in the end they're all huddled together in fear of the death bringing robotic santa which is such a nice take or twist or whatever for them to do um and it's actually got christmas feeling in it after all so i i actually really liked it tale of two santas now that's awesome and i mean i will say even just watching that first one uh, if you look in my library, I have like a bunch of Futurama now because I, I'm kind of with you. I kind of want to, at the very least, it's a show I want to revisit as like something I have on in, even in the background because there's uh, so many classic jokes that I forgot about. Uh, what a great show. Great. Quick correction before we move on. I said season four, episode two. No idea why it's season three, episode three, but uh, no, that's it for my number five. I think you're not, I, I'm going to save you on this because Weirdly enough, there's different episodes, there's different breakdowns on Futurama. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it has to do with depending on the DVD release or depending on how it was aired on TV. But I, I ran into that same thing when I was looking for these episodes, and some people have it listed in season three, and some people have it listed season four. I just want so. you to follow me around, and whenever I make a mistake, just make that up. Like I know it's <laughs> nope. true in this case, but <laughs> nope, you didn't make a mistake. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so what's your number five, Jim? 
Uh, let me pull up mine. I'm going to fix this in a moment so they're closer and easier to pull up. But yeah, well, now, we, we did so much to obfuscate <laughs> who was who and who picked what. So this is our fault. Okay. And away we go. That's wonderful. Let's get back to the magic journey and wrap up. Some of us have women to sleep with. You guys hear that? Humbugs. Humbugs? Yeah, a whole swarm of them. See? Everyone stay perfectly sincere. Humbugs are attracted to sarcasm. Wow. Somewhere out there, Tim Burton just got a boner. Jeff, don't be sarcastic. Oh, are they on me now? Oh, no. Getting him alive. Only he could find the power to not be a smug douche. Ah, no, can't do. I'm just a horrible guy. Guess I'll have to go get laid. Yes, community. Community. Uh, What the hell's the name of that episode? I don't have the title written down. It's Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Yes. Now, uh, I have to wonder, is that, even though I guess it could be a spoiler, but the episode's brought up, is that on your list? It's on my list. Okay. We don't have to say where yet, but I just assumed it probably was. But yes, yes uh, rewatching this, because um, I didn't have the community Halloween, any of the Halloween episodes on my list for Halloween. But uh, going back to Christmas, it's such a great community take on Christmas. And the, the weird thing is, though, and, and given this is the, the uh, I haven't watched, a t- I haven't rewatched a ton of their episodes. But when I first put it on, there's this aura of like, oh, we get it, meta. Like, I rolled yeah. my eyes a bit. And it's not really community's fault. It's kind of like community was doing that thing a while back. And now it seems like a lot more things are doing that thing. So it feels, I guess, repetitive now. Yes. Yes, I think that it's like, when, I, when you open up Abed's Uncontrollable uh, Christmas, you're like, Fucking, we get it. You're puppets, God. And that's not technically community's fault, but it's kind of community season four, five, six's fault, which aren't like bad through and through. But they had this concept where each episode was so high concept, and at some point, when they when you watched a lot of those, and not all of them were as good, you you kind of started thinking, oh my god, okay, good paintball, great. But then when you go back and you 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 watch this one, it's like. Oh shit! No, they did it over and over because it was so great, and they nailed it sometimes so fucking hard. Yeah. And they've actually got three Christmas specials, and I watched all of them, and I think they're all really good. Um, but Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, where they—if you're listening, maybe you didn't get that in the audio medium—but they are in fact stop motion animated. So when an episode starts and they're just stop motion animated, it's like. Uh, fucking such a community thing to do. But then we're being jaded fucks because we forget that no, it like it it was fucking forever ago that this that they made this and it's still great and it still holds up and it still is about Christmas in a meta way that's not annoying somehow. It yep. actually makes a good point at the end of uh of like the mean he's the the plot is Abed searching for the meaning of Christmas on planet Abed in his mind in a therapy session, but it's stop motion adventure. And he finds the, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but he finds obviously in the end that it's whatever we put into it is the meaning of Christmas. So, and it's about trauma as well in a way and emotions that are real. It's really good. It's a really good episode. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm right there with you. Cause even when I, when I started it, I was almost thinking like, all right, maybe I can just turn this off, go on to the next. <laughs> 
go on to the next yeah. thing because uh yeah it's that it, it's not the show's fault but it's such a shame that yeah you get that point of like oh all right and yeah it is kind of later community's fault and then even just kind of it seems like other things now it's all about being meta and whatever but the, it just nails it. it 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 works so well and it hits the same heights as what it's you know tributing like with some of those stop motion classic christmas specials uh but in a great way that plays true to all the the characters on community and it has a really nice like uh emotional catharsis and yeah, it's just it's it, it's I haven't seen it in a long time, but now I'm like, wait a minute, why am I not watching this every Christmas? Yeah. And I guess to be fair, like maybe I did shortcut take shortcuts a bit because I didn't watch the other community Christmas ones. I kind of reread the synopses and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this episode. I remember this episode. Maybe it would have helped better if I watched them, but I, I wasn't gonna have like and then number four community and number three community again. So I was just like, it's not getting better than this. This is going to my top five. Let's do this. Well, we can have a further discussion on that in a moment. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Um, well, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, that it's, I, I mean, there's an episode in season four of Community where they're puppets. And I don't need to rewatch it because I remember that it's not good. I know it's not good. And they were just fucking puppets just because they were like, hey, this is what Community is, right? The puppets in an episode, right? And like that was when Dan Harmon was uh, fired yes, and everything. So um, yeah, it was it was a dark days. But then you go back to this, and you're like, oh yeah, this is why people still work with Dan Harmon, even though he's uh, impossible to work with notoriously. Um, yeah, so great episode. We'll get maybe some more words on it in a moment. But I guess we should move on to uh, number four of my list. You're number four, correct? Yes. Oh, no, it's not working. Oh, God. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just pull it up. I'll pull it up a different way. Yeah. Uh, We had the same issue when I was doing uh, Charlie Brown for Halloween, by the way. Is there some sort of protection in fucking... Is there there some sort of Charles Scholes... yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, let me let me get it here. There must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown. You're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. Yes, that's right. Charlie Brown is number four on my list. And uh, I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to say this is also on your list, correct? Yeah. 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 And... It's what I mentioned earlier that this is not something I watched every year of my life at Christmas. In fact, uh, I vaguely remember watching it at some point, maybe, or in a dream. But then I watched it the other day. And that's what I was saying, like all these different specials. If I watch them now, there's no way they'd make it on my list. Guess what? Charlie Brown Christmas is so good, even if you watch it for the first time, that it's on my list. And it makes me sad 
for Sweden. And what we watch every Christmas, which we'll get into in a moment, but what we watch every Christmas is terrible. But uh, more on that in a second. Charlie Brown, really good episode. I read a lot of the comics. We call them Snoopy comics, not Peanuts, but whatever. Um, I read a lot of those. Like, I'm invested in the characters as such, but they never showed it on TV. I was limited by what was on, so I never watched this. Watched it yesterday. It's, it's really good, Jim. Dude, it's so fucking good. The music is so good. I listened to the soundtrack uh, or the Vincent Guardi trio, what have you, every year. Um, And it's like, we like to think that people in the past are dumb shits. You know, we like to feel like we're way more evolved and more intelligent. I mean, I guess for the 60s, you could say they did have like a protest hippie movement and a lot of things were being being done. But I don't know. We... I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like we like to feel like that things are more uh, evolved now, I guess, as far as intelligence is concerned. But when you watch this, it's a cartoon made for kids, but it's got a depressing aura about Christmas. And they, they're even talking about like Lucy's playing like uh, like a therapist and they're talking about security blankets and stuff like that. And you like to think that, no, we only now got more intelligent. Now, you know, cartoons for kids now are smart, like not like before. But when you watch this, I mean, there's a reason why it's timeless. But it's also not, it's not talking down to children at all. And it's kind of like, for whatever reason, my favorite things around Christmas, even though like I love Christmas, but I like the, the like, I don't want to say depressing, but kind of like the bittersweet uh, feel of Christmas. And it kind of captures it perfectly. I know it's more of like a religious slant to it. I mean, which is fine. I mean, it is Christmas. Like, it's not outrageous. Uh, but even not being like a super religious person, like just the 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 spirituality of it and like the spirit of Christmas. Like, there's a... I mean, I, I don't know of Christmas specials before this. I don't know. I didn't really research if this is like the first one. But there's a reason why almost every Christmas thing, in a way, you could see, you can draw like the family tree back to the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It's so fucking good. Yeah. I went on the Wikipedia to get some cultural context as I was watching it or afterwards and read about how it was written over a period of a few weeks and animated on like a really tight budget in just six months. And in casting the characters, the producers hired child actors, which, you know, is still not common now for, you know, getting a voice of a kid. And it like and then the soundtrack, of course, is also super unorthodox with the jazz piano stuff. And there's no laugh track. Every show then had a laugh track that they made Um, and the tone, the pacing and everything. And like you said, we like to think like, huh. Now we've understood that Christmas is commercialized, bleh. And this is from 1965. And the first lines are like, why am I so depressed at Christmas? Like, and, and the running joke of like, if, is it commercial or spiritual? What is the meaning of Christmas? It's the same plot as the Community episode from 2009 or 10 uh, that we talked about a moment ago, where he's searching for the meaning of Christmas. And there's, I mean, obviously two different answers to it, but the execution is so good. And I was watching it and I like, I watched this animation and there's 
lots of it where there's no sound effects, where there should be sound effects, logically, but almost like the, the small budget or whatever that they made it on made it more pure and made it about the script and about just the feeling and the music and sitting in a moment rather than like fucking action bang 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 like they're there's when they're skating around on the lake it's not like zoop 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 blah, blah, blah. like it's just a, a, a smooth song while all this stuff is happening and also the children's voices i don't know it just makes it so timeless and that's why it still works yes yeah and it's weird because i kind of never really noticed the sound effect thing but just a few days ago um, you know, a friend of ours, Jeff, had mentioned that too when he rewatched it. And when I was rewatching it, I was kind of picking up on that. And yeah, it just never hit me, but it works so well too because I feel like if there was a lot more foley work, it would kind of take away from the music. Yeah, and music's building like such a such a perfect vibe for what's going on. Um, it's just great stuff. It's so and good. And I mean, also on the budget issue, famously in my mind, uh, when you watch a Charlie Brown cartoon, it's like loops and then they cut to different parts of the loop of them dancing or whatever, yeah, but yeah. it works. And yeah. also making making me feel even better uh, uh, about where we are today. Cause as I said, we're like, oh, we get it now, blah. We're much better. But on the other hand, we're actually able to make this. You could make this. Um, if you wanted to animate this, you could. Uh, right now with the tools we have, which is an, which is more of an uplifting side to it because it's so small and minimal. You can take this and learn from it and make something similar. You won't have it shown on TV every year, but like you have so great tools now to do creative stuff that you had to get the Coca-Cola company involved even to make just this in the 60s. <laughs> and now you got it all at your fingertips. So uh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Shall we get your number four? Yes. Let me pull it up here. Let's see what we got. For my number four Christmas episode and or special countdown. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And that's what Christmas is all about. You hear that, boy? That's what Christmas is all about. Actually, Granddad, Christmas is a pagan holiday, and Jesus probably hates you for celebrating it. Think? Ah, cuts off. But he goes, "Ain't gonna be no Scrooges in my house, boy." Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite lines, and it tie. Uh, it's a really nice tie-in because this is the Boondocks Christmas episode, and it has a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's clearly a take on Charlie Brown's Christmas, but at the same time, even though it's like kind of putting it on on its head a bit you can feel that there's a lot of reverence um, and kind of love towards the Charlie Brown Christmas special. But this one has to do with Huey is in charge of making the Christmas play. And he is using it to like, cause he ends up going off into the spiel that we see everyone do on their Facebook every Christmas season now yes. about true origins of Christmas. And uh, his granddad, you know, as he's telling the story, Huey turns into the adults from Charlie Brown, where it's just wah, 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 wah. And yeah. granddad even has to be like, it's boring, Huey. All it is is blah, blah, gay sex, blah, blah, Congress. And then so Huey decides he's going to use his Christmas play, the, you know, the story of black Jesus and add, uh, you know, action and, uh, you know, 
effects to get people to hear his message. And it's it's so good. And then the B plot is um, Riley, who is, uh, you know, hunting Santa at the mall with his BB gun because, you know, he's like there's they hint at the backstory that Riley and Huey, before they were with their granddad in the suburbs, they didn't have it so good. And so why did he never get Christmas? And he wants Santa to pay what he owes. And it's really funny. Uh, it's just, it's a nice, it kind of like we're just talking about where there's a kind of like a through line with a lot of some of the better Christmas, uh, specials or episodes to Charlie Brown. And this is like a perfect take on it while still like holding a lot of respect for it. I feel. Yes. Uh, I mostly know this from clips played at the start of Jim and them episodes. Yeah. Uh, I would play them every year, even if I already played them before. Yes. Uh, so, so I obviously need to watch it, but I mean, it's worth noting it's from 2005, which it's not like ancient history, but as you said, everyone is like, actually it's a pagan holiday, blah, blah. And everyone's been saying that for a long while to the point where that's like beyond cliche, but I don't know. They were pretty, they were pretty hot on the money on, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's not, a t- it's, it's similar to the Christmas, uh, the, the Charlie Brown one. Like a lot of the stuff I'm saying about that, I would say about this. I think it's, I think it is a classic and it's a nice kind of different take, but it's still kind of, even though like there's a point where they're trying to subvert like the Christmas miracle, but it still kind of comes to that same type of, you know, there's a Christmas miracle. There's a Christmas miracle that happens. So it, it still kind of comes to that same point. Right. And it is called a Huey Freeman Christmas, uh, meaning, you know, it's a, clearly a reference to a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Um, I need to watch it. I will watch it when I have gotten over this Christmas binge I've been on, just <laughs> fucking sugar down my fucking throat yeah. once I get over that. Or maybe this is a good palate cleanser since it has more of a, you know, uh, hot take on it. A quick side uh, side question. Now, are, are you wearing a Christmas sweater? Is that what that is? Because I'm a little disappointed you don't have like the spy. Like with Halloween, you went all out. So I'm, I, I was expecting snow. You must have snow right outside your window, right? You could just shovel a few <laughs> into your room. <laughs> I have so much snow that if I had snow inside, I would like I would be upset. I would not feel like it was Christmas. I ha- that happens when you go outside and you come in. There is snow on the floor, so that's not a festive thing for me. That's just a trial and tribulation of my life. I do have a can- candle things, candle oh, over okay. there. Oh, okay, I can see that now. And I got one over there, but I'm sitting in front of it, so. I wouldn't call this a Christmas sweater, but it's kind of Christmassy. Uh, I almost went with the red headphones. Look, I'm trying here, Jim. What are you doing? A green screen? I, know. I was just about to call myself out. Yeah. I mean, I have a green screen. I should be doing all kinds of shit. Yes, at least fucking make it a white screen of uh, snow, at least something. Jeez. All right, let's move on. What are we on for you? Are we on number? Uh, we're on number three for me. Three. Three. my fault. This is what Christmas does to people. We put too much meaning into it and it lets us down. We beg to differ. What are you doing back here? Saving Christmas. Everybody, point your magic Christmas weapons at it. Oh, brother. This is ridiculous. You are enabling a delusion. The delusion you're trying to cure is called Christmas, Duncan. It's the crazy notion that the longest, coldest, darkest nights can be the warmest and brightest. Yeah, and when we all agree to support each other in that insanity, something even crazier happens. It becomes true. 
works every year like clockwork. Try telling that to your catatonic friend. I got a better idea. Why don't we sing it? Wait, what? Yeah, let's not go overboard. Will you two commit to something for a change? Let's sing it. Yeah, let's sing. Can we sing while we blow Duncan away? Absolutely. Ow! You start, Britta. Christmas time is the time to sing. That's what Christmas is for. Christmas can even be a Hanukkah thing. That's what Christmas is for. And for a huge percentage of this God-fearing planet is about the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, for the rest of us, it's still a good time to remember that it's good to be nice. Music and cookies and liquor and creams. That's what Christmas is for. Video games for two straight weeks. That's what Christmas is for. Hanging out with the people you love. Saying I love you. I couldn't help myself. I basically put the whole climax as my <laughs> clip. When I was cutting it, I was like, well, at least audio listeners can also enjoy this. It has a nice little song. Yes, it is indeed Community Season 2, Episode 11, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, which was also on your list. And I guess I hinted at having more than one community on my list, but I didn't do that. But I was ah. tempted. There's, yeah. no, there's no more community, but I had the same thought as you of like... Well, I actually watched them, and regional holiday music is, like, it's up there as far, like, it's really good, where they have the their, their pitch-perfect take on Glee, where they just tear apart Glee for, an whole, for a whole episode, and it also has good music and a lot of fun scenes going on, and it also ties in really well with, like, the, their first Christmas episode is just an episode with, where Christmas is the setting, as you were saying. There's a Christmas party. It kind of connects. It's about fighting. That has great, like, it's a great season one of Community episode. Um, what's the first one called? Comparative Religion, where they find out what each other's religion is. And that's the first, uh, speaking of Jim and Them clips, where on Jim and Them you start each episode with a little audio clip. That's the first place I heard Community when season one was coming out, I think. You put... Uh, a clip from that episode where they're talking about their different religions. And I just Googled those words because I was like, that's so funny. What's that from? And that's how I found Community. So that's a great episode of Community. But as far as Christmas episodes, regional holiday music is up there. But Abed's Uncontrollable, like, regional holiday music makes me want to sing, but Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas makes me want to cry uh, yeah. in a good way. On a Christmas. It's it's so much Christmas. It's it's like takes the Christmas to a thousand percent, and it touches on like we already discussed it, but it touches on the same sad feelings as a Charlie Brown Christmas, but in a like modern meta take, but one that doesn't make you want to throw up. It actually works. Um, so it it's actually one of the best. Like it could have been high. It could easily have been higher on my list, but uh, but I placed it here at number three. It's a super super good thing episode and i'm gonna watch it every year just like you said yes absolutely it 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 pulls in everything uh and balances it really well 
like we said, you know, sometimes sometimes just having it being on Christmas is enough. It can it, and just being in the background is OK. But this it ties it all in. It's on Christmas. It has some nice meta callback meta callbacks to what we all know from Christmas with Christmas specials and like stop motion animation, at least if you grew up with some of that stuff and uh, a nice, you know, emotional core of a group of friends coming together. What's better than that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone go watch it and watch community in general, honestly, uh, first few seasons. It's like same. I think it's going to be the same with most of these and on the Halloween stuff as well. If it's good, it's going to make you want to watch something again. And that's kind of what, that's my answer to what Christmas is about. It's when you watch something over and over every year. That's what Christmas is all about that's for me. That's what Christmas means to me. Yeah. All right, let me get to my number three, which, I mean, I guess maybe a controversial choice, uh, but let's just get on to it. All right. On excitement! Shove this up your stocking! Whoa! That looks entertaining. Oh, yeah. So tell your folks, buy me! Bonestorm! Or go to hell! Buy me, Bonestorm, or go to hell! Bart? Yes. Uh, now, I mean, I know the reason why I say it might be controversial is because, I mean, Simpsons have a lot of great Christmas episodes. I mean, of course, the pilot, the premiere episode of The Simpsons is Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, uh, which is all, also a great episode. But I had to choose, I believe it's called... Uh, Marge Be Not Proud. Yes, Marge Be Not Proud. Because even though this, to me, is kind of more... Like, Christmas is a big part of it. But it's not so much about the spirit of Christmas in the end. It's just more like a Christmas story. Like it's kind of just around it because yeah. it has to do with Bart really wanting the game Bonestorm and he shoplifts and gets caught and then he's trying to keep it secret from his parents. And it really, you know, his uh, Marge ends up being really let down with Bart and kind of realizing he's growing up. Um, but I just it's it's still an episode I watch every Christmas and it's to me, the funniest Christmas one they have because it's so funny. Uh, yeah. Just like the when Bart's at the the try and save and there's the like spoiled kid with his mom. Yeah. And uh, she's like, buy me Bone Storm. And she's like, don't you already have that? He's like, no, stupid. I have. Uh, and he mentions like these other games and he's like, you idiot. And then it's like, buy me two because I'm not sharing. It's so funny. And then when the video game characters are telling Bart to steal, and when he slips, he switches the 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 tape in the answering machine, and it's hello mother, hello fada. Oh my god, there's so many funny parts in this episode. I love it so much. Uh, I had to choose it as I mean, I knew there was going to be a Simpsons slot, and it just this had to be my Simpsons slot. Yeah. I, it's not a Christmas emotional story, but it's such an emotional story on its own because Marge gets so disappointed in Bart and Bart realizes he messed up real good and proper, like, and, and he actually is so upset and I won't give away the ending, but it's emotional. Yes. And, um, and it has Christmas in the background. There, I, it's not on my list because 
it um it's as you said like the if there's if there is or was going to be one on my list it probably would have been the pilot simpsons roasting on an open fire where we have uh all the christmas uh money vanishing and because bart got a tattoo that needs to be removed i watched all of these and he uh like it's actually feels like a christmas episode and it's the first episode of the simpson and simpsons and reminds you so much of what the show was um and also uh, relating to a charlie brown christmas of laugh tracks and stuff where you try to like you remember what other shows were on when the simpsons was starting and you're like holy shit uh what a what a revolutionary thing to have a cartoon but then they're not getting along and they're like mean to each other in the family but then they love each other as well it's like a real family um that's why i would or potentially have picked simpsons roasting on an open fire as far as simpsons episodes uh for my list but i totally get it because marge be not proud is such a great episode as well yes yeah and and so what you're saying even though i was i mean i was only like eight or nine years old when the simpsons started but even being a kid i remember there was this whole like you know discussion or you know national argument about like is this okay this show about a family that's not always happy and like you said like fights with each other it was such an outlandish thing to do at the time even though like they were still married with children but it wasn't as popular uh of course as the simpsons so just the fact that it was such a huge show and it was a and it was animated people just couldn't deal with that for a long time and it's hard to think about that in the terms of now like what what the simpsons did when it came out yeah and i think married with children as well like as you said it wasn't animated it had all the trappings of a regular sitcom and it was kind of subverting stuff but you know kind of it still had a laugh track it wasn't well, it was like critical, but of 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 other shows at the time because it was presenting a different face of it on it. But The Simpsons was actually revolutionary uh, in a totally different way, so that's why it sticks out. Um, anything else you wanted to say on Marge? Be not proud. Um, no, I think that's I think that's good. So we'll move on to your number two. That's correct. My number two. But does that mean you killed the mountain lion? It's dead. For real and for true? Are you sure? I'm sure it won't be hurting you anymore. He did it! Now our Critter Christmas can finally happen! Hail Satan! Hail, Hail Satan! Satan! <laughs> Wait, what, what? You've done us a huge favor, Stanny! Without the mountain lion around, Lady Porcupine can give birth to the Antichrist! Yay! Yay! Wait, wait, the Antichrist? You said she was giving birth to your savior! Yes, to the son of our lord, Satan, the prince of darkness! But I thought you meant the son of God! Well, think about it. You really think God would have sex with a porcupine? No way! Only Satan, Prince of Darkness, and King of All Evil would do that! Yay! This is calls for celebration! Let's sacrifice rabbit and eat his flesh! Yay! Sacrifice me to the devil! Yay! Yay! Yes, my number two is South Park Season 8, Episode 14, A Woodland Critter Christmas. Um... I think we like meta stuff a lot. Like we shit on it sometimes and say everything's meta now, but this is this is the best South Park um Christmas special there is and all of it is told in a sort of 
uh, Christmas rhyme, and it's kind of like there's a narrated narrator voice that talks about the boy in the red poofball hat. But Stan, who is the main character in this little story, can hear the narrator, and the narrator is trying to get him to do stuff that he doesn't want. And this is like I don't know a number of years before Stranger Than Fiction made that a movie. Um, I'm not gonna say it's revolutionary in the same way, but it's the best South Park Christmas special because of this twist that happens and how it all goes completely off the rails starting from a really sweet Christmas story and then these woodland critters are worshipping the devil and need to find a host body for the Antichrist and Stan is trying to stop it all within the framework of a Christmas rhyming story Dr. Seuss style um it's a really good episode now yeah it's really great I didn't recently rewatch it it was on because I made a list of a bunch of stuff but once I made once I was very confident in my top five, I was like, eh, I, I, like, cause I've seen it. So I, I, and it was definitely a potential. Um, and South Park does have some good, I mean, even like Mr. Hankey, uh, which kind of got played out more from like people than the show. Uh, like they have a lot of classic Christmas stuff. Uh, and yeah, this was going to be my go-to, but I, I do have to rewatch it again. I, uh, I did watch this and, and a couple of other, like Red Sleigh Down is also a really great South Park Christmas episode. That's the one where Cartman really wants a toy, so but he has his accountant go over everything naughty and nice he's done and realizes he needs to like cure uh, AIDS and cancer, and then he'll still owe Santa like 10 presents. So he, he, he goes and basically tries to bring Christmas to the people of Iraq, and goes to Santa and and gets him to fly to Iraq where he gets shot down and Santa's getting tortured and they, the boys need to find a way to save him. So they go and find Jesus, who's, of course, a, a character on South Park. And Jesus is like, ah, oh, I found a way. And then he opens and it's got like fucking huge guns and shit and Jesus comes in guns blazing killing all sorts of people and then he dies but he can reincarnate so it's fine and like it it's kind of calls back to how South Park started of like the first South Park thing ever made was a fight between Santa Claus and Jesus which yep. was you know this thing that was shared virally before the internet existed on VHS tapes around Hollywood and such and that's a, that's a really super great episode, and I thought it was going to be the one on my list, but Woodland Critter Christmas is, like, such a perfect piece of animation in a way. Uh, like, it's so self-contained that you could watch it without having seen South Park, and it would m make so much sense, um, well, in, a, in its own twisted way. So it actually has the, like, it actually brings you some Christmas feelings, too, instead of just being hilarious, so... That's why Woodland Critter Christmas is on here. Yeah, and I think you're you're right. Like we like the the meta subversion. If it has, like it's if it still has hints that you get the feeling that there's love there as well, where it's kind of like, oh, I want to make something like that, but I can't make that because that's already been made, and my sensibilities are a little bit different. So it's nice when someone gets it, but then they can make their own like weird, weird version of it. I think yes. that's always appreciated. Yes. And um, like, like a lot of people grew up on The Simpsons. I, I watched The Simpsons, but it actually aired here later than South Park. South Park was airing in the middle of the night. Almost. It was like pretty early. I mean, by early, I mean, usually we have to wait years to get something, but it was on TV late at night. And I kind of, 
heard tales of it. And I, I, as I said, I had VHS tapes and I would program the VCR to record in the middle of the night and watch all South Park episodes over and over. So that kind of explains a lot about me, I guess, uh, because for, for what, what Simpson is growing up on that for a lot of people, I did that, but with South Park. So that's why I'm a more extreme and offensive version uh, of, of uh, other people, so to speak. That's great. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't have to program, but yeah, I would record the Simpsons and I would have, you know, from, I would record the Simpsons from when I was like nine years old. Uh, so I would just have VHS tapes on top of VHS tapes and then I would just skip school and then rewatch them all day long. But it's weird. Cause I was actually just thinking about this last night for being so into the Simpsons. Like, I mean, especially those early years when I was growing up and kind of feeling like I'm, I not, uh, not I don't want to say expert, but like feel like I I really know the Simpsons because I can quote and know a lot of episodes. There are probably more Simpsons episodes I have uh, I haven't seen than I have seen. Yeah, just because it's been going on for so long. Like basically after like season twelve or eleven or whatever, I kind of haven't seen anything. So there are just hundreds of episodes <laughs> I haven't seen. But hey, maybe one day in the old retirement home, I'll dust off the whatever version of Blu-ray there is and just, you know, download it into my brain or whatever the fuck we'll do. Yeah. And I mean, as far as South Park, it, it's I definitely feel like I grew up with that show because I was watching it when I was way too young to be watching it. I went to see Bigger, Longer and Uncut with my dad because uh, I was like obviously not allowed to see that film. We have way more lax rules for that here in Sweden. But my dad was like, sure, why not? And we went and saw <laughs> Bigger, Longer and Uncut, a movie that's all about uh, kids trying to sneak into a movie that they're not supposed to watch. But like... And all of that meta stuff also it like impregnated in my brain like a little antichrist uh, and like grew inside me. But South Park is also like it grew over the years from being just poop jokes to being more of this sort of thing that we see in season eight where it's actually commenting on itself and it's really smart while also being really dumb. And I guess that's the kind of comedy I like where it's like it seems really stupid on the surface and then you go into it and it's actually really clever and... As far as Simpsons and South Park, I, I think Simpsons, it's understandable to to not watch all of them because it's not the same people uh, anymore after a certain point. You know, yeah. all the good writers went away, kind of. Um, and with South Park, it's the same people. They've had ups and downs, but they've always been like, it's always been Trey and Matt doing it. Um, so, I mean, that said, there's really terrible episodes and terrible parts, but... But it's like it's something I grew up with, and make, makes it even more natural for it to be on my list then, since it's all about nostalgia. Okay, so yeah, moving on now. Uh, this would be my number two. Yes, your number two. Number two. And away. You work with are people you were just thrown together with. You, know, you don't know them. It wasn't your choice, and yet you spend more time with them than you do your friends or your family. But probably all you've got in common is the fact that you walk around on the same bit of carpet for eight hours a day. And so, obviously, when someone comes in who you you have a connection with, yeah, and Dawn was a ray of sunshine in my life, and it meant a lot. But, if I'm really being honest, I never really thought it would have a happy ending.
That's right. The Office, uh, the original Office, the UK version, the Christmas special, which is a two-parter, uh, but I picked the second part. It can kind of be categorized as something that's mostly taking place on Christmas, but that's why I had to pick that scene because Christmas is very important to what's happening and to like how it plays out with the characters. And rewatching it, like it's so good. Like I, I, I wanted to pick the scene where David Brent is drunk in his hotel room and he's making up this story of how his job is going to beg him to come back once they realize that Neil. It's going to cost you. Yes. This is going to cost you. Dude, I, I act that out sometimes when I'm in hotel rooms because I love that scene so much when he's just laying there, he's like, and that's going to cost you. Um, it's just so good. And it's, it's not to shit on the US office because clearly, like, it has some things since it had to go on way longer, like, way, way longer. But see, like, there's, I've seen this, like, resurgence, or it seems like a resurgence to me, anyways, where people are using the office as memes and, referencing the u.s office and it's like no the original office is so fucking good and that christmas special is so good i remember when i first watched it years ago it had me like bawling uh and i mean it's it's a simple thing of the will they won't they and paying it off but it's handled so well and it's the way it was snatched away uh, other times on the show it just all works. And then, it, I mean, it all culminates at an office Christmas party. And it, and even just the small victory of David Brent telling Finchie to fuck off. Yeah. You're still like, yeah. Because David Brent, he's, I mean, he's an annoying guy and he's douchey, but he's ultimately harmless. And when you start to see how lonely he is, it's it's still funny, but it's really sad. And just him having a simple victory of being able to have like have at least one date that went well and maybe find some common ground with another person to maybe start a relationship and then also tell the guy he's always trying to impress to fuck off like it's so great and of yeah. course Tim and, Tim and Don but uh, I'm sorry go ahead and uh you know he's probably going to fuck it up later uh, yeah. the relationship but just having that one moment of like something nice it's such a christmas moment Hey, also, Jim, guess what? Oh, no way, really? Not only what you're thinking, but also play my number one clip now. Oh, no, did we do it again? Uh, we may have done it again. Let's see what you got here. Very funny. Whoever it was, I specifically said I wanted vouchers, so. Annoying. <laughs> the people you work with, <laughs> you don't know. It just shows that I was a little bit more um, concerned about the length. You have. You'd think so, Jim. Um, but actually, if you'll skip ahead, you'll notice that I cut out part of her opening the present so we can get the uh, end of the monologue. Okay, so all right, yeah. We'll get now the we end of the monologue right here. Life isn't about endings, is it? It's a series of moments. And um, it's like, if you, you know, you turn the camera off, it's not an ending, is it? I'm still here. My life's not over. Come back, come back here in 10 years. See how I'm doing then. Because I could be married with kids. You don't know. 
life just goes on. And that's where I cut it off. It's so great, though. It's such a great monologue and such a great... I mean, it's probably obviously like... Oh, shit, I'm still in the clip. My bad. Um, I, I, it's like an obvious... Uh, it's an obvious um, call-out like to talk about like the people you work with, but it's... I don't know. It, it just works so well. Uh, just talking about like, you, you know, you're spending all these time with these strangers and they become a de facto family. Uh, I don't know. I love it. It, tu- it touches completely on what the office is all about. Also, I mean, maybe I would have picked a different moment, except I didn't want to like spoil everything as well. Like I was fine with playing the end of community because that's just a community episode. But the thing you're not getting if you didn't watch the office is that they made two seasons and then this a year later or two years, I don't recall, but they made the Christmas special, which is the ending which is kind of a, a UK thing to do, I guess. Um, but this is the climax, not just of a f- really long Christmas special with two parts. Um, I also picked part two, obviously, because part one is funny, but it's like it kind of dr- it's it's mostly depressing. And part two is the climax of all of The Office. And yeah. it's um, I don't know. It's it's on it's my number one. Because The Office had such a big impact on me. I mean, as it did on so, so many people, including everyone who later watched the US The Office, which wouldn't exist without this, um, because it is better. I, I, I don't dislike the US The Office. Oh, sorry. What did you say? I'm sorry. I was just saying, like, because it's like, that's also, it's responsible for Parks and Rec and even Modern Family to an extent. Like, it's, they cheat even more because it's like this documentary that isn't a documentary (laughs) like they just use documentary intercuts with the show and it's clearly because of the office not to say the office was the first to do it but there's a clear line from the office to like a lot of modern stuff like that the christmas special is also really fun because it works as this is us a few years later like this is us revisiting the same people in this world and that's what he touches on there as well as he says like if you turn the camera off i'm still here and i believe him even though that was written down in a script like because he's such a great actor that we didn't know who the fuck that guy was but we would learn like people like even when i watch the hobbit not all of them because why would you but when i watch the hobbit and it's like well that's that's my boy. That's my boy from the. That's Tim. That's Tim. Yep. T- Canterbury, Canterbury. Like that's that's, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> and the office is. I don't know. I I watched the U.S. The Office a bit of it, and then later I accidentally saw a bit of the original, and I I was like. I didn't know what show it was. I just saw a short clip of it, and I was like, what is this show? I must watch it immediately. I just caught a bit on TV. And I was like, oh, that's the original. Cool. I need to watch all of that now. And then since then, it's just affected everything I do as it affected the whole cultural landscape. And as you said, will they, won't they? Such a simple thing to base everything on. But uh, it's so good, though. It's It's so so good. And then even just like little moments like... It's so funny when David Brent brings his dog to the office and like he's just distracting everyone. But I still think Neil's being a dick. And I love when David's like, oh, what are you saying? He's ban- he's barred, too. And he's like, he is barred. And he's like <laughs> taking it on animals. Like, 
yeah so it's so good and and it, and it works as even though it doesn't have this like meaning of christmas type story or uh like it doesn't call it out specifically but you see it in the christmas party like these co-workers are all having fun because of christmas and uh like of course i mean the clip we showed it has to do with the gift and it, it means so much as far as like really opening up you know don's eyes or what have you and and even just the moment where we finally see david get a laugh uh because they're all together on christmas like it's you can argue it doesn't have this like christmas miracle but in a way it does just in a in a real life type of way it, it's so good it's such a great show and that makes the moments of light stand out so much brighter um where where they have bits where they he, like tim is just sitting doing his work and then someone is monotonously like walking up a ladder to put a disco yeah. ball up for the party and he's just sitting there talking super bored about paper and work and that's kind of like well we're gonna have fun now and and you don't know if the party is gonna be like well this is gonna be the most depressing event ever but then you finally get just a little taste of positivity in this world and it like your palate is like oh my gosh i've watched this for hours this whole story from episode one i've been with them and finally they get something they deserve um, I'm not saying the office is torture, but sometimes when you sit down with someone and force them to watch all of the office, they're going to be mad at you and you need to show them the Christmas special too. Otherwise they're going to hate you forever. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, especially where season two leaves off. Cause it's such a bummer. Like, oh, please don't make me redundant. And like with his breakdown, it's it's so rough. I mean, and even in this with the with the Christmas special, uh, like there, the, like the little mini storyline of like the shy girl who's glancing at her black coworker, and then later she sees him making out with a different coworker, and she's all like broken up about it. And then her friend, like, there's no dialogue, and there's so much going on. Like that's why everything feels like such a lived, real world um then say i mean the american office definitely had its moments it had like some emotional highs and stuff but it didn't feel as real as the office does yeah i did start watching the season two christmas episode of the american office because i i think season two of the u.s office is really good it uh, is it's where the, it's where they start finding their legs because season one is just kind of a worse version of the uk one and then season two and three they start making their own thing and the christmas episode i remembered as a good one still it's competing against the original the office on this list so it's not going to make the list but it is a good one yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah I mean, really good stuff i mean uh, i guess for my number one i mean without much fanfare here uh yeah i can kind of have me a guess see what we got oh, wait i gotta i gotta pull it up because it's probably gonna do what it did before i have an extra this year so i have a long list of presents that i want oh brother well i'm hearing it please note the size and color oh shoot of oh my goodness all right let's do this again there we go so I have a long list of presents that I want. Oh, brother. Please note the size and color of each item and send as many as possible. If it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send money. 
How about tens and twenties? Tens and twenties? Oh, even my baby sister. All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. It's one of my favorite lines from the whole episode, and I quote it uh, a lot in my real life, where I just say, "All I want is what's coming to me. All I want is my fair share." I even left a little like pause because it's just a little kid they're trying to like, coach to say the line properly. And I mean, we already said a lot about this episode uh, towards the top of the show. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out that we didn't point out is I also like that it gets to the point where you know everyone laughs at Charlie Brown's tree, and then of course Linus makes his speech teaches us what Christmas is all about, but it doesn't end there because Charlie takes his tree and he's kind of thinks he's like happy about it. He's like, well, this could be a good tree, but they still even twist the knife a little because he puts the ornament on it and it falls over. And it's almost like it was all for nothing. And it doesn't really come together until his friends all come and help. And then they have like a real Christmas moment. So it is similar, like we like to so, uh, like a lot of what we've talked about, and especially like the the community episode in a way, um, where it's just kind of about the people you're with and celebrating the good times. So, and then like, what's more Christmas than that? Yeah, and um, I mean, the only way things could have matched up more perfectly would be if you had also put the Office UK as your number one, and we pulled the same clip for it. Yeah. Uh, but I understand you putting Charlie Brown on there. But it's funny that, you know, I said, you know, we're from different cultural backgrounds. Blah, 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 <laughs> and three of our five are the same still. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, wow. Is so... that more than our Halloween? Halloween we had, we both had that Buffy episode, and we cut the same clip. Mm -hmm. um, I don't recall the rest, honestly. I don't recall it's... the rest now either. So... No, but it's, I think it's definitely more. Um, and it's like you said about with Charlie Brown, it, it, at the in the scene where he's on the stage and he's like, you know, Jesus, man, that's a real fine guy. You should all go to church. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, like, it's not a bad moment, but it's obviously not, I'm not standing up and cheering at that moment, but then they have them all come together. And it's, as you said, in, in Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas and kind of in the office like all of these are about people coming together in the end um and and futurama and south park actually all, everything on my list it's it's such a like fucking basic thing yeah people have done it in so many variations and sometimes they just do what everyone else has done forever and sometimes that works because they do it perfectly but sometimes they twist it a bit but in the end it's always the same that's what makes that's what Christmas is all about, I guess. Um, yep, yeah. the power of of uh, you know friendship and family, and your relationships. Yeah, you know, and that's what shows what she knows all about. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so I friend. <laughs> I do have my shadow dimension list. Oh quick. yes, yes, I'd like to hear this. On five, there is Black Adder's Christmas Carol. Blackadder is a show that we've been uh, trying to g get an episode out on. It's a show I really like about Edmund Blackadder, who is a guy who exists all throughout history, like his descendants, is played by Rowan Atkinson. And what they do with the Christmas Carol, like we could almost, by the way, have like 
top five Christmas Carol versions because there's so many different Christmas Carols. But in Blackadder's Christmas Carol, they reverse it where the character's a really good guy at the start. And then he gets to see all his relatives who are real shitheads, but they all reach the goals they want. And he's really generous, uh, this Blackadder that we're following in Victorian times. He's he's giving out money to the poor orphans who are really fat. And like everyone's taking advantage of him with his enormous generosity. And so the the ghost comes by. He's not, I'm not here to convert you or nothing. Uh, I was just stopping by between all these misers I'm going around to. And he says like, well, what, what, well, you're the good one in your family. All the other ones were terrible. Like, really? Can you show me? And he sees how they're all getting what they want by being evil all throughout history. And they go to the different time periods of the different seasons of Blackadder. And uh, it's just such a good reversal because in the end, he becomes an asshole instead from being the best guy ever. And the only reason it's not on my real list is that the execution is, like, it's so dated, the whole episode, and not all the jokes are funny. There are hilarious bits, but it's kind of dated in a way. But we do get to see Rowan Atkinson in a spandex, because they go to the future in the end with spaceships and stuff, and it's got this really dated feel to it, but it's also really charming. Uh, So that's on my Shadow Dimension number five. I need to watch it. I need to. Watch. I know we we've been talking about Black Adder for a bit, and um, I I've been I was having some issues finding it, but I think I might be finding it now. Yeah, uh, eagerly. I mean, yes, the reason this is not on the list is also like it's if I was gonna rank Black Adder episodes, this would be so low on like against the regular episodes, so I can't put it on as like what a great Christmas episode because there's so many much better episodes. Uh, number four, I have Simpsons roasting on an open fire, which we talked about first episode of the Simpsons where uh, Homer becomes you know, like he's a mall Santa and doesn't get any money and yeah we already touched on it Ep- number you three on my any Simpsons on your list huh I-, I didn't have any Simpsons I know hmm. interesting but it's on my shadow dimension list uh, scrubs scrubs season one episode 11 my own uh, personal Jesus I do watch this every year too and I yeah. almost had it I watched it recently as well I almost had it on my list but continue. yeah I watched it in its entirety, and it is, I mean, Scrub season one, when I was younger, it was like, that's the boring season. And then you rewatch it, and you're like, oh, I was an idiot. Scrub season one is the best season. Um, and this is the one where Turk loses his faith, and then he finds it again, and there's kind of a Christmas miracle. And I guess the reason it's not on there is that it's it's kind of rushed in a bit, in a way, when you rewatch it and really think about it. Like, when you just rewatch it, it's very emotional, but when you think about how it's written and put together, it's like, well, uh, he just kind of lost his faith, um, not over that series of a thing, and, and not all the jokes are super great, but it is a, still a very good episode. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it, that segment with the, like, 12, like, injuries of Christmas or whatever is pretty well done, but... I mean, I guess kind of a detriment to the show is that it's not like a f- like a hour drama, so everything is has to move pretty quick. Yep. Uh, uh, while at the same time dealing with like Elliot and if she should be an OBGYN or whatever, like it takes away a bit from it. Yeah, and um, I I I mean I still like the format, but it doesn't get together such a, a heavy emotional punch at the end as some of the stuff on the real list. I also put Mickey's Christmas Carol on here, which is another Christmas Carol. Yeah. 
I almost won. I almost had that on my list as well. It's another thing I watch every year. Is that the origin of Scrooge McDuck? I mean, is that an obvious answer or no, no, because he, he was already named after him. So that's why it was such an obvious thing for them to do him as Scrooge. Yes. Again, I'm from Sweden. In Swedish, he's called Joachim von Anka. Has fuck all to do with Scrooge. And additionally, it, I didn't know he was Scottish until recently because it's not McDuck, it's Von Anka, which does not mean McDuck. So hearing the Scottish voice and also just generally hearing the voice of Donald Duck from coming from a nation that's obsessed with Kale Anka, as we call him, they don't give him that fucking voice in Swedish. Not to that level, at least. So whenever I hear an original, I'm like, holy shit, people watch him and hear his voice and go, yeah, that's a character I enjoy. I mean, I, I read, we get the pocketbooks here, the, the comics. Like, that's what everyone has. Um, and, I mean, this leads us perfectly into my number one on the Shadow Dimension list. Well, before, I mean, I will say that Donald is pitched more as, like, the... Not quite a villain, but the villain to Mickey Mouse for the most part here. That's the thing that we like. Mickey Mouse can go fuck himself as far as Scandinavia yeah. is concerned. But we even don't though, know anything about him to young Jim, that didn't matter. Donald was always my favorite. Yeah. I, even if like they would always pitch him as like a hothead that got mad when the Mickey Mouse would like effortlessly do stuff. And then Donald would get mad and have that voice. But Mickey's Christmas Carol, I love I, that was very close to being on my list. Uh, uh, I love that version of it and how they tie in the characters and even little uh, little Mickey Mouse, Tiny Tim. They have to like double them up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think it's great. Yeah, which does bring us to my number one. Still on the same thing because number one on the Shadow Dimension list is Kalle Anka och hans vänner önskar god jul. Which in English is called From All of Us to All of You. Now, you maybe haven't seen this, but this is an animated Christmas special by Walt Disney. It was made in 1958, and it's basically a clip show. It's basically, um, it's, uh, it's with the, Jiminy Cricket in Swedish, Benjamin Susha. Uh, Jiminy Cricket is just kind of giving you the outline to what is a clip show. It's a fucking clip show where we just show clips or, or, or like little shorts, Disney shorts. It's just a format to shove Disney down your throat. The reason it's number one is that this has been shown in Sweden every year since... Uh, well, let me just double check so I don't spout the wrong numbers here. But okay, yeah, 3 p.m. every year. When was the first fucking year? I gotta know. Kalanka, Donald Duck is... Yes, okay. Mm. Okay, it doesn't say on Wikipedia. Great job. But it has been broadcast basically every year since 1958. And the thing is, for the first 10 years after its initial broadcast, SVT1, it didn't need to have a one on it because it was the only TV channel. There was just one TV channel for 10 years, okay? And they showed this every year at Christmas. And it was the only Disney we got. I mean, I wasn't alive, but it was the only Disney that the culture received during that time, okay? So this explains why, even though it's a terrible... I mean, it's not terrible, but it's a clip show. Half the clips aren't even Christmas-related. There's two Christmas-related shorts. Like, no. What are the Christmas shorts? Well, I'll tell you. There's okay. Santa's Workshop. That one makes sense. Uh, it's all about Santa. It's, it's perfect for this. Then there's Clown in the Jungle, which is where Donald Duck is in the jungle with a fucking bird that he's trying to take a picture of. Okay? <laughs> it has nothing to do with Christmas. Okay? Yeah. 
Then we have Pluto's Christmas tree. Again, good choice. It's with um, uh, Chippendale. Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. That one's great when they're in the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. I've watched it. Uh, how old am I? Oh, yeah. I've watched it 27 yeah. times because I'm 27 years old. And, I'm and, and, and Pluto's trying to get him out of the tree. And then as a little kid, I always like to think that Chip and Dale were inside my Christmas tree, like with the ornaments and what have yeah. you. And, and like taking, taking the bulbs off and stuff like that, doing fun stuff. Yes, and twisting them, and then he twists the dog nose. Again, if this was the thing that we showed every Christmas, it would make sense. Then there's Mickey's trailer, which is where they go uh, in a camping trailer on a vacation, Pluto and Mickey and um, who else? Oh, well, Donald Duck. They're in, a, they're in this camping, they're, they're in a caravan that can transform in all sorts of weird ways. Nothing to do with Christmas. Then there's Ferdinand the Bull, which is a great little short, but again... I mean, I guess it has to do with Christmas because it's like, don't hurt people because Ferdinand, the, are you familiar? Is that the, there's a movie, Ferdinand, that just came out? Is that the same? I mean, yeah, it's it's the same type of story. It's Ferdinand the bull who never wanted to fight any other bull. He just, he bulls, he just wanted to sit under his tree and smell the flowers. And I know this, I know all of these off by heart. I could just spout you all the words uh, if you'd like. And then they add on like a, a, a different one uh, like a modern one. They kind of sneak one in there to promote a modern uh, Disney thing coming out. In 2014, uh, this was the most viewed program of the year. In 2015, the second most viewed. And second most, second most, most viewed, most viewed. It's it's the most viewed television program in Sweden of the year, generally speaking. There's also Eurovision Song Contest, but we don't talk about that. So, yeah. So it has ingrained itself because it's just, that's the tradition. You know, um, people tell their children, like, with your great-grandmother, I used to come over when I was a little kid, and we would watch Sonnenbanjang, or whatever the hell you said, and uh, now you pass it on to their version. children, who passes yeah. it on to their children, etc. That's why it's on my list. It's not because it's the evil list, basically. I didn't tell you this, but the Shadow Dimension is evil. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of mirror dimension. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's not because it's good. It's because we're Swedish. And I realize that it's like an import, it's a cultural import, it's a side of the U.S. imperialism. But it, it, it is true, I think, that we've made this one our own because you don't even know about it in the U.S. But <laughs> it says here on the wiki, due to its legacy and prominence, the special has remained relatively unchained, unchanged. The Swedish public has been protective of Kala Anka, resisting any significant changes. In the 70s, when SVT's head of children's programming uh, disclosed plans to discontinue the special uh, due to a growing anti-commercial sentiment in the country, public outcry resulted in the special being maintained. A similar backlash in 1982 when Ferdinand the Bull was replaced by the Ugly Duckling, a change that was quickly reverted the following year. <laughs> And going along with this tradition, we have a guy or a lady who sits down and lights a candle and says, like, something about Christmas and then the special plays. And he's kind of the Christmas host. He's, like, the only one in the television company on Christmas doing this little thing with, like, one camera guy. And between 19... Well, it, does it say here? Weisse. Or Neweisse was the guy. He did it for... Uh, let me just... Again, I don't want to... Oh, yeah. He was there from 1972 to 2002 every year he sat down and lit a candle and said we're about now we're gonna watch this shit again is what he said but it, i mean he got progressively 
less <laughs> interested in it, th I think. Because in 92, he planned to pre-record his hosting segment so he could spend Christmas with his family, but back down after receiving criticism for breaking the tradition of hosting it live. In a 2007 interview, Vice quipped... He uh, said that hosting the special had affected his personal life, st stating that he had three divorces as a result. I was even going to ask, I was going to like, what couldn't he have just recorded it? But I guess that came up and they, <laughs> they didn't like that. No. Sweet did not enjoy that idea. <laughs> no, and I think he says it tongue in cheek that he had three, uh, three divorces as a result. But I'm telling you, Jim... It's from the evil place. It's from the dark place. From from whence I am a vessel, uh, informing you of, of 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 this place. And uh, it's it's not something where you want to go. Like I've, I, if I ever have children, I'm sure. Like even if I were to live not in Sweden, it's like, well, now we sit down and watch it on YouTube. Like I will torrent this, and we will watch it every year. Yeah, it's not stopping. I'm no. trying to see what did I see because I did see the the Christmas tree one, but as part of like a. Kind of like a montage of shorts, but I think they were all Christmas. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would have been better if they'd done that. It would have make, made sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Caesar in the chat. These Swedes in their ching chong language. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it must have been the, yeah, there was the Walt Disney. I, you know what I think it was? Because it's listed here on Wikipedia Walt Disney Christmas VHS. I'm pretty sure it had a bunch of Christmas shorts and then it had, um, mickey's christmas carol on it basically mm -hmm. that was like oh. the finale again mickey's christmas carol is just so much better if they showed that every year that would have been good that i could have had that on my number one but i couldn't due to cultural obligation well that's that's great though because that's like we said that's something that you'll have for the rest of your life that's a tradition that's a thing or even if you randomly catch a a glimpse of it it'll remind you of christmas so it belongs yes. on your shadow list does indeed um so uh by the way this is our christmas special if you didn't notice but we do talk about other tv shows at times and if you have a certain show you would like us to check out you could always leave us a review on itunes where you tell us what show you'd like us to watch um for example phil for real left this review saying i greatly enjoy shows which you know for their honesty they're not afraid to say when they do or do not like a show and why so you really get to understand their points of view I'd really appreciate it if they did an episode on ABC's Galavant, possibly both seasons. They're fairly short. Um, and it's signed P. Bates. Uh, thank you, Phil. Um, yeah, very cool. We will check that out if we can find it, because Galavant is a show I, I only watched a very tiny bit of, but I know people who like it really, really like it, but there were so few of them that this show barely is available to find nowadays. Um, but um, we will make an effort and get back to you on that one, Phil. Absolutely. And if you'd like us to recommend a show for us to check out and discuss and watch, please submit a review on iTunes and make a suggestion, and we are legally obligated to watch it and comment on it. That is true. I, I do want to leave you, people, uh, dear people, listeners, uh, with two more Christmas specials that are worth checking out. And the first and most important one is the Jim and Them Christmas Special 3, uh, which I almost put on my list just... But I, I couldn't, Jim. You understand. I, I understand. I, it, it's very good, though. And everyone needs to... You can just Google uh, Jim and Them Christmas Special 3, and you'll find it. It's the point where... Like for a period of time, you were making Christmas specials or specials in general quite re like quite frequently, and then you kind of took a break and came back to it. That's more or less yeah. right. Yeah. And Christmas special three is 
such a great one because you've you've got all the production chops of previous uh, like that you've built up and you put it all to great use and make a really nice tight christmas jim and them thing so everyone needs thank to you. check that out yeah i do agree everyone does need to check that out thank you for recommending it yes i'm also going to uh, uh, hawk my own wares because if you go to awesomepedia.org slash library 34 you can find a an episode episode 13 called christmas special and this is the podcast i do where i read bad fan fiction sometimes it's good fan fiction but mostly bad and the christmas special is an episode where you can hear cartman have just he can just he's just given it to kyle he's given it to kyle at this christmas party and you are not going to want to miss it it's called under the mistletoe uh yeah a much a christmas party at stan's house brings a much wanted reunion of two childhood enemies um you and i put christmas music on and everything and i re-listened to it i'm sure you've experienced this jim that sometimes when you listen to something you did several years ago you're like Oh my God, someone put a lot of work into this. Like, this is really good. Yeah. And that's why I feel confident recommending it to you, even though I made it, uh, because it's just, it's got that certain something. It also has a short story with Orlando Bloom slash Viggo Mortensen, not the characters, uh, it's the actors, and <laughs> it's called Christmas Cookies. And it's, that one's pretty well written, but it's, it's hilarious and great. And then there's one where Bilbo is apparently the son of a dwarf. And they're going to see Gandalf, who's a sort of Christmas character. And again, this one's fairly well written. It's just very confusing because Bilbo is the son of a dwarf. And they're going to see Gandalf the wizard in the mole to find out why his dwarf father is not coming home for Christmas. So uh, again, the Christmas special at awesomepedia.org slash library34. You may want to uh, check it out, get some, some really interesting uh, Christmas vibes. Because I really selected those for these are... These are all Christmas-themed and appropriate seasonal um, uh, shorts. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of a lot of great recommendations, a lot of things to to uh, really live up the holiday cheer over the next week or so. So uh, you're welcome. Yes, and of course, I mean the things on our list goes without saying. If you need some holiday cheer uh, injected straight into you, or if you're in a sad state, like the thing that sometimes we feel like, oh, we get sad at Christmas, and we're like. Oh, we're so unique. And then we watched Charlie Brown and it's like, Charlie Brown was sad about Christmas in 1965. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that does it, huh? That does do it. Thank you all for uh, checking in. Yes. Uh, and if you have any other comments or concerns, send them to shows with you know show at gmail.com. Make sure you're, you're subscribed to the shows with you know YouTube and, of course, the podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho.